Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. I want to thank you straight off the bat for listening and listening to the podcast and feeding back and sending me the messages that you have done. I've received some some great stuff about Metal to the Masses, some great stuff about previous episodes. Sometimes you forget episodes kind of that you've done and then people are going back and listening to them and finding them again and you get messages about that and that's that's absolutely superb. It's a really nice thing to know that... Uh, I mean, we're up to like 120 plus episodes here, so it's nice that people are finding something that, that entertains them and they get something from. It's, it's absolutely it's outstanding to me. So thank you again. This episode is an interview with Ryan Sawyer. Uh, he is the owner and runs Brutal Branding. It's a merch design and uh, production cutter company. Produces logos and things like that for T-shirts that you've seen and many, many more things. And uh, shout out to Dan Milano uh, from uh, Hi-Ho. It's another social media uh, device that I use and platform that I use. And uh, he got me on to, to Ryan and the work he's doing with Brutal Branding. So thank you very much for that, Dan Milano. Um, Brutal Branding has now been signed up to Hot Topic uh, and they have some of their shirts being displayed through that, which is an absolutely huge deal. And I really wanted to talk to, to Ryan about kind of where it began, where it's going and where it is right now um, about merch and, and that type of thing. And it's not, it's not something I think we've covered on the show before and I really really wanted to get uh, involved in that and have a look at that some of the designs he's come up with are absolutely superb sort of classic death metal type of things and, and everything in between and it's really interesting he's got a really interesting perspective and I think if you were starting to get into merch yourself and selling and designing it I think you'll get a lot from this episode and um, so I do I hope you enjoy it this is my conversation with Ryan Sawyer from Brutal Branding gentlemen a really really nice treat today to talk to ryan from brutal branding uh someone i've wanted to speak to for a while and in, a, in an area of, of metal and music in general that i want to talk to uh brutal branding as you'll have seen from the intro that I, or heard from the intro that i've just done is merchandising and logo creation and all that type of thing and it's a, it's a world that comes up a lot when we talk to to bands about how they they look at logos and branding and their art merch is incredibly massive part of it so it's really nice to welcome ryan to the show welcome sir how you doing thanks coop i'm i'm doing fantastic uh it's a beautiful sunny day here in austin texas um uh you're in liverpool is that right that's right yeah i'm based in liverpool and you're in it's not so sunny here unfortunately it's nice it's <laughs> nice in texas but it ain't nice over here at the moment it's not so great but uh yeah it's uh it's nice that we can do this it's nice that we can talk to people from all around the world as i do on the show based in different areas to get the slightly different takes. There's a lot of stuff that's the same, but there's some things that are different. Um, we like to begin the show, and certainly the interviews I do, talking about your first introduction to music and metal in general. And what was that for you? So let me think. Uh, my, my my dad was really into sort of classic rock um, when I was growing up. So, you know, the, the Eagles and, and Tom Petty and, um, you know, that that sort of genre. So uh, I had to I had to discover it through my peers in, you know, in eighth grade and middle school I, my, my here, no i figured out my first metal experience uh i was in eighth grade my friend phil brought in metallica's ride the lightning oh, on yeah, cd okay. and 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 played me a couple tracks on it and i i think i think for whom the bell tolls kind of did it for me i was just like bong and then the you know the, the guitars the guitars kick in and i was just like hello what is this i would like to learn more please <laughs> um so i, I and, and then that was right about the time metallica's load album um had come out too they kind of you okay. know quote unquote reinvented themselves a little bit. Um so I had some sort of the exposure to the old Metallica and the new Metallica at the same time. 
Um, so that was my sort of foot in the door. Um, and after that, you know, this was this was mid to late 90s. Um, so a, a new metal was just sort of coming out. So a lot of, you know, corn um, disturbed those guys. But, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson, um, Rob Zombie had just done his first solo album. Um, so a lot of the sort of very theatrical metal uh, was was coming into light, which was, uh, you know, very attractive to me. So um, I, that that's sort of how it how it kicked off a lot of the kind of the more the mainstream uh, mainstream bands. It's interesting that you talk about Metallica. Naturally, Metallica come up a lot as people's first introduction to, to the heavier side of music. And it's interesting that you're, you, you kind of, like you say, you get to see the kind of right in the between stage. We get this sort of master of puppets, justice, right, lightning, kill them all. And then they have this like sort of then post-black album stuff where it's like, you, you know, like you say, load and reload. You got to experience almost the, the, the two faces of Metallica, you know, that like you, you hear right lightning and think, well, okay, I'll go and listen to Load. And that's going to be more of the same, right? But it ain't. It's, yeah, uh, I, I, I got to experience um, both haircut lengths of Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Hair, there's, a, there's, a wonderful, uh, there's a wonderful picture somewhere, and it's got the, um, the it's like the, the timeline of, of their success and their albums that they brought out directly apportioned to James Hetfield's facial hair and his hair that he had. It's like, yeah. when he had this, it was, they were doing really well. And the minute he cut his hair, it was not so good. Yeah. It's interesting as well that you talk, that the bands that you mentioned, and we'll definitely obviously get into this, are all like, someone like Rob Zombie and, uh, and this did as well, and bands like that were the first sort of, of that new metal thing where their logos and how they looked was was absolutely i mean rob zombies like look of his albums and the cover of albums even going back to sort of you know the white zombie days were really sort of there was a real you know idea of what they were and who they were was was metallica then the first band you kind of deep dived on that you were like okay i'm gonna listen to everything now i need to check everything out that these fans did uh i yes i, I think so yeah because at, at the time you know like you said you know the black album had come out a couple years before so they were still kind of you know, riding high and, and a lot of the record stores in the area were just, you know, stock full of all the Metallica work. Um, so yeah, the, the music was really, uh, it, was, it was easily accessible and easy for me to just kind of gorge myself on, 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 on the old stuff and, and the new stuff. Did you find that you found a like, cause that was a band you were introduced to. Was there a band you kind of found on your own that you were like, okay, well now I found these, these, these are my band now. These are the ones that I took to heart, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a it's not a metal band, but um, a, a friend gave me a copy of the first uh, My Chemical Romance CD, uh, like a few months oh. after it was released. And he's yeah, like, you yeah, got to yeah. hear these, you got to hear these guys. And yeah, they have this song called uh, "Vampires Will Never Hurt You." Which the, the the mixing on the first album was was awful. I mean, it sounds like it was recorded yeah. like you know in someone's basement or a garage. Uh, yeah. But I was just like, who are these guys? This is great. So I got to follow their entire career. Like you know, we saw them touring when they were like the openers on like a four band bill, and got to like you know hang out with them after the show for a little while and meet and greet because no one else knew who they were, no one cared. Um, so I got to follow them from the beginning to the rise to the breakup. Or not the breakup, but you know they ended, and uh, yeah. now I got I got tickets to see their reunion <coughs> in uh, I think they're playing wow. in Boston in September. Uh, so I'll get to the, the entire span of their career pretty much. I've been present for so again not they, metal. They were another but, example uh, of where of a band that really knew who they what and what they were and what their audience were. Everything from their art to the, what they did merchandise to what they did from a show. Every videos as well. Videos for them were, were were a massive part of it. Like real heavy production videos with real stories and thematic elements, and they really understood what they were. And I think that. 
there's a common thread here with some of these really successful bands is that they understood who they were. They got onto branding before branding became the dirty word that it is now, but it, you know, it is essential. You know, it goes back to Kiss and it goes back to Iron Maiden and stuff, you know, that these bands understood exactly how to present themselves. You know, it was such a huge part. And because of that, that it made them accessible because it was like, there's no, there's no edges, if you will, to this band. It was, I understand what it is. I know what I'm going to get. And there's, a, there's, there's something that's, that's very attractive to that. You know, that's, it's interesting. Yeah. Mike, have a grown. It's, it did not been brought up before on the show. Cause like, yeah, I mean, I've seen them at metal shows and I've seen them at metal festivals, but they're a little bit more of that emo movement, Wasn't it? It was like kind of that sort of movement. Yeah. But it's, yeah, so no, then, I... well, how old are you when you're finding these bands out then? What age range are we talking here now? Uh, I mean, late late teens to mid twenties. Um, like I said, you know, I, I was brought up in sort of a kind of a classical <laughs> so it wasn't that early on, and I kind of had to yeah. um, sort of reach out to them on my own. But um, what you were saying about you know when when the front runners for the band, or or at least someone you know heavily contributing to the band itself, um, is an artist or is a creative, that's when you see that sort of they really drill down into into the branding, the merchandise, and the visual identity. Uh, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance went to school in New York for illustration. Uh, Rob Zombie, also the visual artist, he does a lot of painting and animating and illustrating his own. Uh, so you can sort of tell when, 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 when a when a musician or a band in general um, has a very good visual theme to about them and a visual presence. It's usually because either the singer or you know someone in the band has had art training and has had those art skills. And it's you know it's kind of a night and day difference between mm-hmm. bands that have to farm it out to other people or bands that kind of do it themselves and lead the lead the charge on the art direction. Yeah, well, it's because, yeah, 100, 100% agree with that. It's, it's very much like the, it used to be that the art was almost secondary, that it was like the, the record label or whomever would go, okay, we've, we've, we've commissioned this person to do this particular piece of art. Now, like you say, someone like, like Jared Way, he does comics and, you know, and, and things like that and, and, the, and the Umbrella Academy and things like that. He's, he's a very visual artist, you know, totally understands the, the medium. And Rob Zombie, you know, a filmmaker, you know, uh, uh, you know, of many films and he understands the medium. And you think that that kind of almost uh, means that they can push more into that so they can go, OK, well, we know what the music wants to sound like. We're going to push that because we don't like it. But we also know what we want to look like. We also want to know what the visuals that go with that. And I've always thought as well that that's very exciting when you see a band that understands that, like a band like Tool, who understands what they're, they are and their artwork for their CDs and stuff was incredibly, you know, it's, it's obvious that they were fully invested in that and fully kind of about that. And I think that that's really is what separates sort of, some of the, the larger bands and bands that, that could have been, you know, when we talk about the, the big four um, in Thrash, for example, the reason that there's bands that are like fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth is probably because they maybe didn't get onto and embrace that as much, you know, uh, because it was almost seen as like a, a bad thing, wasn't it, to be kind of involved in that, in the branding of, of your band. It was almost like, well, you're selling out. It's like, no, 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 no. You it's, it, The branding's not selling out. It's just, understanding what you are and, and presenting it as such you know there's, there's there's no problem with that but yeah i completely agree when there's one or more member of a band that's that's artistically inclined um it makes a huge difference because let's face it you know when you were first buying even cds what you looked at was the, the cover of the art the, the logos oh, yeah. whatever the artwork was you know so at what point do you start going to live shows you know and seeing this in a live situation um let's see my first i think my actually i think my first like metal show was um marilyn manson during the uh when he was touring for mechanical animals 
Uh, it, sure. was, it was shortly after Hole had dropped out of the store, so uh, Monster Magnet had sort of filled in as as the second bill. But yeah, that was I think that was the first sort of you know metal. Wow. I mean, it, it, you know, it's not like a gore grind show or anything like that, but it was a uh, you know the closest thing I had to, to metal at the time growing up in you know suburban Tampa. Um, yeah. um, so after that, and then and then in college, um, you know, I was in uh, Sarasota, Florida for for a while for for art school. And um, I, I was playing in a new metal band that I had a lot of, you know, metal adjacent, metal adjacent friends. And they were all playing at shows like, oh, hey, we're playing at, you know, so-and-so's at midnight, you know, come on out. And I'm, when I'm in my 20s, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go to a show at midnight. Uh, now I'm a bit older and <laughs> they're like, oh, go see, you know, go see Mammoth Grinder at 1130. I'm like, no, thanks. I'm going to that tutorial. <laughs> Appreciate the invite, though. <laughs> so you went, so you went, you studied in, in, in Florida then, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I went to school for illustration at a Ringling School of Art and Design uh, in, sure. in Sarasota, um, and I, I, originally I did it because like I want to draw monsters and robots all day. Um, and then as as you go through art school, you realize like oh, there really aren't a lot of full time jobs where you can <laughs> get paid to draw monsters and robots all day. I mean, there's, you know, if you're like a, a yeah. game artist or visual artist for movies or something like that, but those jobs are are few and far between. Um, so I, I I sort of fell into graphic design um, after graduation just because there's a lot of overlap between the two the two mm-hmm. skill set. Uh, and um, yeah, I just sort of, I was, turns out I'm pretty good at it. So I've been doing sort of corporate marketing for various companies, um, you know, for 10, 15 years now. Uh, and it's, you know, it's brochures, landing pages, infographic, social media graphics, things like that. And it pays the bills and, you know, it sort of scratches the creative itch, but it's not, you know, it's not what I was trained for and it's not what I love to yeah. do. Uh, yeah. So that's why I sort of, that's why I, about a year and a half ago, I was like, man, like I want to try my hand at some of those metal logos that, that you always see online. So I, I started looking at everyone's uh, you know, Instagrams and following following certain artists and kind of, you know, trying to visually deconstruct how they how they created these. Because, you know, when you say, oh, it's an illegible death metal logo, <laughs> like, yeah, it looks like chaos, but there's actually like a lot of structure required to it. And, yeah. you know, figuring out how far can you stretch a letter form while it's still technically recognizable and what's the balance that yeah. you want between completely recognizable and not recognizable. Uh, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating design challenge for me. Uh, that I, I just love to kind of keep, you know, those parts of my brain working. Um, and then I started doing more illustration work for the, for the t-shirts and stickers as well. Um, and then I had to relearn how to draw skeletons because I hadn't drawn skeletons in a long time and they play a big part <laughs> in metal arts. So. Yeah. You're going to need to know, you're going to need to know skeletons and, and the dead and, and things like that. You're going to have to be, yeah. But so what was the, in terms of merch, if you will, what were the first t-shirts that you remember having? You know, cause we, as metalheads, well, we get a t-shirt, we wear it till it literally falls off us. You know, it, it's like, it's a uniform. It's as simple as that. You know, so right. what were the first sort of t-shirts that you were wearing? Um, a lot of it was at, uh, I mean, uh, if you go to, you know, stores that like Hot Topic or Spencer's Gifts, I don't know if you have those in the UK, but it's sort of a, I don't know, the weird party version of Hot Topic, I guess. Um, <laughs> they had, uh, they would have like a, a horror movie t-shirt. So I, I kind of, I, I started with the horror movie t-shirts and eventually as I got comfortable sort of wearing those, you know, Friday the 13th and It and all that stuff. Um, and as those, as I became more comfortable wearing those, I started wearing some of the metal band shirts. And again, you know, it was, it was still sort of surface level at the time. You know, Metallica, um, yeah. you know, Rob Zombie, those, those, those sort of guys. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then as I started going to friends' shows, you know, in Florida or Boston or wherever, um, you know, they would have a little merch table set up. So I would I would buy it to support them as well. But that's sort of kind of what exposed me to um, the non commercial i suppose uh design world of because of florida it, 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 am, I, am i right thinking has a really good 
death scene and it's, 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 it's i believe it's i've talked to a few people based in and around florida and it seems to be it's pretty it's pretty good it's pretty strong scene there for that so that must have been interesting to go and you know, you're listening uh, to the sort of more accepted metal and going to the more kind of bigger shows but then you go to these death shows and these grind shows and uh, and these core shows that must have been interesting to see that because that's like you know it's, a, it's an entirely different world isn't it Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because when you start listening to all this very, you know, sort of polished, you know, stadium metal, uh, mm. and then, then you go to the, the the smaller stuff at tiny little little clubs and bars, um, you really kind of, I mean, you know, you, you see the you see the sort of dirt under the surface, but you also see the passion of the bands yeah. are, that are performing it. And then, and you know, from a merch perspective, you get to kind of see what, what people are doing well, what they're not doing well. And, you know, of course, I was, you know, mm. going to either going to art school or having just graduated at the time. So I was I was a little bit art snobby of the art they were using too, but, but at, the, <laughs> at the time, like, I, it, I mean, having the exposure to the, the metal art scene also kind of revealed to me that a lot of metal art, it's, it's supposed to be fairly a, a primitive for lack of a better term, but like intentionally primitive where it's mm. supposed to look like something that a high schooler kind of, you know, scribbled in the margins of a notebook yeah. or that, or that's some sort of, you know, pagan caveman you know thing from hundreds and hundreds of years ago like you know scrawled onto a scroll like it's supposed to have that kind of kind of you know primal real primordial uh look to it so um i i sort of kind of shifted my thought process on that where it's like no it doesn't have to look like a super high polished illustration like sometimes the the, the more crude that it is uh is actually yeah. more effective and more more true to the band style it's 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 absolutely completely agree it's it's it represents something different than what a t-shirt for a pop band does it represents an entirely different thing uh, you know we talked about like you know logos and inaccessibly viewable logos and stuff that you know you almost can't read there's a thought process behind that and it's the you know and it is that it represents the underground it represents something that's like completely grassroots you that you, you it, it's it's something you have to accept you have to understand to access it and I think that that's, I think that's a really interesting thing that, you know, the, a t-shirt for a, a, a death metal band represents something in, and is in an entirely different space than the one for a pop band. You know, it, it represents an entirely different thing. And it's, and I think in many ways, the, the underground, if you will, and, and the independent scene of metal um, is you can take more chances with the art form, I, th I feel, you know, um, like, you know, we, you only have to look at sorts of uh, the Jesus is a cunt t-shirts and stuff like that, the, caused massive waves you know um uh, uh, because of being able to put down t-shirts and i remember seeing at a show um uh i saw him wearing a cannibal corpse t-shirt and it was the um uh it was tomb of the mutilated but uh, the cannibal corpse yeah and genuinely being like fuck that's a that's a real sharp image that you get there that's a real in your face image and that's merely an extension of the music that was out there you know you you were getting a, a preview of the of what Cannibal Corpse were going to be like when you went to see them, you know. Uh, so I think it serves a, an interestingly dual purpose and a different purpose than, than maybe some of pop and, and and rock t-shirts would do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny you mentioned Cannibal Corpse. I remember I was at a uh, I was at a record <laughs> store. Uh, I, I was yeah I was I don't know maybe thirteen or fourteen years old, and I was at a record store. Just I think I was I, I literally think I was like waiting for Pearl Jam tickets. Like I think because you know you had to. You had to wait at the doors to do that back then. Um, and, and I saw a guy wearing a Cannibal Corpse t-shirt. And I hadn't heard of Cannibal Corpse before. But I saw, like, the words Cannibal Corpse. And I'm like, whoa, like, yeah. you can say that on a shirt? Like, whoa. <laughs> and I, 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 I forget what the exact design was. But I just remember being like, 
like that's a band like that's a real thing you can do yeah. so that was that was kind of like a little sneak behind the curtain as to like what was becoming in the it's future. like uh, it's it's interesting as well that you mentioned horror because horror is is, is an interesting bedfellow with metal but it's only now talking about it that I realized that also that there's visuals as well. You know, like if you want the musical equivalent of, of Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre, it's Cannibal Corpse, it's Obituary, it's it's those type of bands. You know, it, 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 there's a, an interesting sort of collective thought process with both of them. They want to shock you and they want to, you know, have that feeling of being scared, if you will, or being afraid, or being, you know, you know, challenged in some way. I think that's 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 massively interesting. So, when um, when you're looking at at this and uh, and you're kind of looking at artwork and stuff, and you you're, you're studying it, you're working within the the medium. When does when does brutal branding make its way into stuff? Then when did you decide to kind of put it out there? I think I saw, I mean, I've, I've always been like kind of interested in the, in, in the logo work of the metal bands. I never really mm-hmm. dug too far into it, but I was like, Oh, that's cool. Or, Oh, like that's an interesting thing that they're doing there. Um, but there's a, there's a Facebook group called community of metal designers. And um, somehow the algorithm decided to show me um, one of their logo design contests that they did for uh, Dunkin' Donuts um, about a year, maybe like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was basically the Dunkin' Donuts logo drawn by different metal designers in different ways. And I was like, wait a minute, like, that's <laughs> first off, that's, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Boston, so, you know, anything, anything Duncan related is, is a-okay with me. Um, and, and I saw, and it just kind of like unlocked a little key in my head. I was like, wait a minute, like, I could do branding, because there's a, there's a, some guy online who does um, metal, metal versions of sort of pop, uh, like 80s pop stars, like Phil Collins, Celine Dion. Madonna in the Metallica logo, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was like, I was like, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. That's pretty cool. But then I saw it done with with the Dunkin' Donuts brand. And I was like, okay, like there's some, I think there's some legs on this. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to do parodies of uh, existing bands. Like I don't want to do, you know, because if yeah. someone's already doing that stuff, I don't want to step on their toes. Uh, but I think there is room in the space for, for parodies of like existing brands so originally the idea was i was going to do metal versions of existing logos for uh you know versace gucci the simpsons you know could just kind of world known yeah. uh brand um and i started doing that and then i started getting letters from lawyers uh saying like hey, <laughs> please cease and desist thank you uh so i was like all right so i'll have to be a little more careful with with the with the the, the content that i choose to do but um, after that, I was like, what can I do that's not copyrighted? So I started thinking about just, just common shit in my life. I was like, okay, audiobooks, uh, sourdough starter, uh, you know, that's my purse. I don't know you, uh, you know, from, from uh, King of the Hill, which is an amazing cartoon about Texas, which we love down here. Um, and, and those actually resonated pretty well with people on, uh, on Instagram. So I was like, okay, I think I can like start doing these as t-shirts. So I opened up a store on uh, TeePublic and Threadless and Redbubble uh, just to kind of you know, gauge people's interest and, uh, and yeah, just kind of took it from there. And as I see what's, you know, what's selling better, that sort of helps inform what, what designs I work on in the future. Um, just to kind of, not, not that I want to make money from it. I'm not making a ton of money from this. I'm doing it more for artistic cred and to scratch my creative itch. Um, yeah. so, so the, the, that was the sort of genesis from it was, was a Dunkin' Donuts. I, I think it's, logo. Uh, it's great. With, like, cause uh, to the outside world, that doesn't understand metal and that cult community it seems like it's a, a very protective community and in many ways it is but we are as metalheads rife for parody and rife for we don't mind we we have a great there's a great sense of humor that runs through metal it's a fabulous sense of humor that is sometimes lost on people that are not familiar with the genre and 
and it, and you know often you see all the time when bands change their logo to being a popular thing to to match that and there's a lot of parody going on there you know and then you get bands that completely parody themselves like party cannon or a band like that right you'll know, have a balloon shaped one it's 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 excellent you know and i think that that sometimes is is maybe a little lost as well if people don't realize that you know we're not all it's not a case of being serious metalheads, you know, don't touch us, you're not part of our community. It's not. It's we're very open and very open to parody and, and being made fun of. We've got we've got very thick skin in that respect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, so I mean, in order to explain kind of the, the next phase with hot topic, I suppose you have to put some context for people who listen who aren't from the US. Um, so I mean, I, I, I know of hot topic from being in the States and I know kind of what it is and and, and places like that. But for someone who, who has no idea what that is, just explain what Hot Topic is, and then we can kind of go from there. Gladly. Uh, so Hot Topic <laughs> was a story that uh, came about, I, I, I'm pretty sure it started in the, in the early to mid-90s. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, they, they were popular at the shopping malls uh, in the U.S. And it was, uh, it was clothing and accessories for, at the time, um, goth, rave, industrial um, anything, anything related to that sort of, uh, you know, genre or aesthetic, uh, that's where you would go. So they had, you know, the new rock boots with the three inch heels and 17 buckles on them and, you know, black leather pants and fishnet shirts. And, um, and again, you know, t-shirts of, you know, like, you know, rock and metal bands. Um, and, and they also sold CDs there too, at the time, um, when, when they started. So, uh, the, when they, when they first got introduced, it was basically, it was like the goth store, you know, for all nice. intents and purposes. Um, over the years, they've sort of shied away from that look. Um, I mean, I guess I think like when the Matrix movies ended, that's when they were like, "All right, we lost <laughs> our audience. Like, let's let's kind of end it down." Yeah, but um, so it, and they still exist. They they've changed their logo a bit, and their look in the stores is very different. Right now, it's mostly like um, a, a little more pop culture. It's it's, it's like everything like wrestling dead. and stuff. The wrestling, that, Deadpool, yeah. um, a, a lot of anime. Uh, stuff uh, uh, Funko Pops. They have a whole wall of Funko Pops there too. But they they, they do they do still do clothing um, for uh, bands. It's it's a little more mainstream stuff now. It's you know it's Guns and Roses and you know Kiss and Nirvana and all that. Uh, but they also have a separate a smaller section in the store where they do uh, just sort of you know whatever kind of non specific designs that they think would sell well. And um, when I was, I, I, like I said, I have a store on, on Threadless and Public. And when you, when you start an artist shop on Threadless, you have an option to opt into this feature called Artist Market or Artist Marketplace, something like that, where basically just means like, hey, I'm open to licensing opportunities if a brand wants to approach me about that. Um, so I opted in. And then uh, a few months back, uh, Threadless messaged me and they said, hey, Hot Topic is interested in, light, in trying out three of your shirts in the stores um they'll they'll basically they'll buy a bunch of the shirts from threadless stick the hot topic branding on the collar uh sell them online and in some stores um i'll get 20 percent of the the sales for those store sales and then if they if they like the numbers if they like the sale numbers they'll come to me with a buyout offer for the design so we're currently nearing sort of the end of the uh, of the testing phase for it um and i've um i haven't seen them in stores in austin but there's a, a hot topic in rushmore south dakota that is definitely selling one of my designs, which is which is pretty cool. They sent me photos, um, and they are selling on the Hot Topic website too. So um, I have no idea how well they're selling. Um, I th- you know they don't provide those numbers to me, um, but hopefully within the next you know couple weeks or a month or so, um, they'll they'll come to me and they'll, they'll either say thanks, here's your sales, or they'll say hey, these sold well. Um, you know, let's talk about pricing for a for a buyer offer. I have no idea what they what they're going to offer. I'm 
fascinated to see. Uh, but, you know, uh, it could be pretty cool either way. I think it's it's interesting, ladies and gentlemen, listening that um, you really need to understand the scale of Hot Topic, and that there is you know more than one outlet in 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 every state. You know, that in some cases, many outlets, and it becomes like you know, it's almost like a distribution deal for a band. Is that you know, it gets sent out to you know, a massive. You, you all, all, now you've become open to a massive audience, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is absolutely fantastic. Like you say, you even you know it's not really about the sales per se it's about being able to you know be seen and like you say south dakota or somewhere you know minnesota or missouri or somewhere that you would never ever think about being visible in you are now visible in which is fantastic you know and and i think that it, it's it's not it's good the hot topic of doing that you know they're going okay we'll look at this independent design and and, and maybe show this off that's excellent that's a, you know that's a really positive thing i suppose one of the, the things that we do need to talk about is that there was a, a time, um, certainly over in this country, we have a, we have like kind of outlet shops like a, a Primarchs and things like this that, that sell band T-shirts. And they started selling, it was just like, you know, several years ago, maybe a little more, where they would sell Motorhead T-shirts or like you say, Guns N' Roses T-shirts or ACDC T-shirts. And there was just, there was a certain amount of disdain amongst the community where they were like, is that selling out? Um, is that kind of you know, what our metal stuff should belong in our metal stores or our, in our metal community. It shouldn't be available to all. And there was some pushback from it. I, I think it still probably exists with like, you know, can't believe I saw a Motorhead t-shirt in this store, you know, or whatever it may be. It was seen as a sign of selling out. And I wondered what your thoughts were about that. I'll tell you what mine are in a, in a moment, but I just wonder what your thoughts were on on that, uh, the, you know, how, that, how people view seeing, uh, uh, something that they hold dear or they, it's underground, suddenly more accessible in a, in a consumer point of view. Yeah, well, you know, and I think that ties back to the metal scene having a, generally having a good sense of humor about things and sort of understanding like what's, you know, what's parody and what should be taken seriously. Uh, if, you know, if, if I was playing in a band, you know, like a thrash band and I was trying to be taken very seriously as an artist and, you know, in, and in the scene, then yeah, I'm, you know, I might not want sort of wide publicity i would want the word of mouth i would want to be you know sharing tapes at shows that sort of thing um but part i mean part of the brutal branding you know concept is the is the comedy is the lightheartedness i mean selling out to hot topic is absolutely on brand for me <laughs> you know, that's part of the joke it's like and, yeah. and, and, and again i i don't want to be seen as like a poser or making fun of the scene at all it's it, yeah. it, the way i view it is like you know you know when weird al yankovic does a does a song um by let's say he's you know parenting a miley cyrus song miley cyrus fans aren't like oh well he's not a he's not a real miley cyrus fan he shouldn't be allowed to do that like no like weird al has enough respect where they know it's done with love it's done with respect for the original music and and i hope that's coming across with what i do too like i have nothing but mad respect for the artists and and the logo designers and the graphic designers involved in the metal scene and everything i do is a it is a cheap imitation of like how good some of these people are, you know, I mean, you know, Mark Riddick, Tim Cocott, Maxwell Alston, all those guys, like they do these amazing illustrations and amazing logos um, that I'm, I, I'm not going to get, I, I'm not even, they're, they're tier 10. I'm tier six right now. <laughs> I have no aspirations to overtake them. Um, what I do is done, you know, out of love and out of respect and out of, you know, hope my own sort of artistic journey uh to to kind of you know see a style and do my best to learn how it's built and the infrastructure of it and how to replicate it uh, or yeah. at least put my own spin on it not replicate but um 
so I, I, I hope people, you know, I, I, I don't see it as selling out. Um, you know, I see it as just sort of part of the joke of yeah. real branding. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's and, like, I, I, I agree. I, I agree totally with that. And, and I would, the extension, and I would say in the sidebar, I would say is that one of the things that came about was when uh, one of the Kardashians was wearing a Slayer t-shirt and that brought a whole load of people going, well, how can she wear that? She named the three songs, the, uh, the whole ridiculous thing where people <laughs> like, and, and what it is, I, I think is actually, there is a comedy element to it, but there's actually a really interesting underbelly to it. And what it is, is that I'd like to think that if, if one person watches the Kardashians or sees them and she's wearing a show no mercy t-shirt, let's say, and the so one person goes away and actually looks for that album and goes, well, well, King Kardashian says she likes Slayer's Show No Mercy. Let me listen to Show No Mercy. That maybe, and I'm sure it happens, that maybe they listen to that album. And like you did when you listened to Ride Light and that little bell goes off. Actually, I really fucking like this. Right, okay. So I'm going to listen to more Slayer. And that's the whole point is that I think that, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't take anything away from the band. By having a T-shirt in a, in a, in a you know a, a, a popular brand or a popular place, it doesn't take away. It just opens another door for someone to walk through. You don't have to, but it does offer that opportunity where someone go actually, you know, maybe I should check them out. And then it just becomes one more person who we've converted to to, to music we like. You know, I think that I think that's 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 an interesting way that, that people see it. There, but yeah, you get you get those people like see people with a band t-shirt on and go name three songs and they and they can't and stuff and i get that and i get that so now you you, you kind of at the end of the process with, with, with our topic then and it'd be interesting to do another podcast and catch up with you when you find out what what the next stages are and what what's mm-hmm. going on what are you what are you currently working on now then uh so cu- currently i'm uh, i attend some craft fair events around uh, the austin area um uh, like once or twice a month usually um, and I have a little 10 foot by 10 foot booth or a, a, a tent that I have set up um, and I have a little display kind of going. So I, I have uh, T-shirts and stickers printed locally uh, at, at local Austin places and, um, you know, and, and I sell them. And it, it's fun because the, the events that I'm at, they're usually not metal events. I, I did one a month or so ago that actually was a metal show that was was very popular <laughs> out there. Um, but a lot of times it's people selling, you know jewelry or you know textiles or you know handmade crafts and stuff like their handmade soaps and things like that and, and, and it's fine you know they're, they're they're very nice items but then uh you know you're walking down all these booths and then you come across you know the weird metal booth and uh it's i, I think I'm, I'm serving a serving a, a needed niche there for people who like you know they, they want to buy something but maybe they don't want to you know a luxury hand soap or something they want something you know a little more fun so um i, I like that i'm bringing a little more variety into it so i'm doing those in-person events um, and, uh, you know, I always trying to get new, new shirts printed up, um, to sell for that. I can only fit so many in my car at a time. Otherwise I would, I would love to have a larger selection. So it's, you know, it's eight or nine shirts and, and a bunch of different stickers. Uh, but I do direct people towards the websites as well to, to make purchases on there. Um, and, uh, otherwise, yeah, it's, I mean, it's basically just kind of working on, working on new logos, new illustrations, um, a few commissions from people. Um, I haven't done, I haven't done like actual band logos, yeah, okay. which is actually, I mean, it's fine with me that the people asking for commissions are usually like, oh, my, my friend's plumbing business, you know, you <laughs> sure. I'm like, yes, like that's, that, 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 that's what <laughs> yeah. I do. Or like, or, or my, you know, the, the, the financing team at work wants a shirt that says financing and, yeah. you know, yeah. metal logo. I'm like, I can do that too. So I'm actually quite fine <laughs> that I'm not doing um, actual band uh, logos, you know, just in the style of band right. logos. 
that you know that's sort of what I what I do is they're not because actual... there will be there will be bands listening now uh, and then uh, you're open to commissions then is that we live in a window of a great world where a band from the, the UK or Europe or whatever can get in contact with you to 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 talk about kind of potentially logos and by extension merch are you open to those things is that something you, you you'd welcome. I'm open to it. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, this isn't my, it's not my full-time job. Um, I, I just sort of do this at, you know, at nights and, and on yeah. weekends for some, you know, some extra fun. So um, if it's an issue, if, if the project is interesting um, and, and, you know, it, it sounds like a fun, you know, fun thing for me to get involved with, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I don't take any, you know, any and all commission that come by just because I only have so much, so much time in the evenings that I can, you know, dedicate to it. So I'm, I'm a little selective about what I do. And, and, you know, if I ever say this isn't really for me, it's believe me it's nothing personal it's just uh, you know trying to trying to balance out my time really well but uh, yeah no i, I think i take commissions I, I ideally i'd love to do like like a, a, a tour poster for like Patton oswald or something like a comedian kind sure. of you know that wants something like that like that would be a really fun fun project so if anyone uh they do metallica commission sort of local artists and stuff don't they when they mm-hmm. uh when they play a state or a city or whatever, they'll 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 commission artists to do. It would be nice if they did. If they went to Texas, if they if they looked you up, that'd be nice. You know, that'd be kind of full yeah. circle if you got that. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's the scene like in, in Texas? I've spoke to a couple of people based there. Um, in terms of sort of metal, what's the scene like? Is 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 it? I mean, I don't want to ask too many questions within one, but that's like kind of South by Southwest and stuff, and 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 that type of territory. Is it is it a good scene? Is it a healthy scene? What's the the the, the heavier side of music scene like there? I think Texas in general has 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 a good uh, a good metal scene, but because the the cities are so sort of far apart, you know, I mean, I'm mm. three hour drive from from Dallas, you know, about two hours from Houston, hour and a half from San Antonio, so everything's kind of spread out a little bit. Um, Austin itself, not not a great metal scene. I, I think San Antonio has us beat um, in terms of metal. Austin's more of a i guess like hardcore uh would be would be kind of that scene um and, and even when south by southwest comes through it's you're, you're not going to find a lot of metal acts that come through unfortunately mm-hmm. i mean the ones that do are, are great but um it's not really kind of a, a metal show it's becoming more of a you know hardcore post-hardcore scene but um yeah i mean you know there i mean there's bands in austin like um uh mammoth grinder deadly rain pack of wolves one against many so i mean there are you know there are bands that are that are uh you know well known as best you can in the scene but um yeah I, I, at least for the surrounding area i would think san antonio might have a better a better metal scene overall than austin and again nothing against the metal bands in austin y'all are kicking ass um it's just the, it's just the, the general support from the from the communities tends to tends to differ a little bit that's what yeah that's what we, do, we tend to find when we talk to people from the states is that it's so spread out uh, you know bands have to choose they're kind of forced to choose uh you know okay well, well we played this last time we'll have to play this this time we can't play both you know it's it, it's it's quite difficult especially if you're in sort of the, the smaller bands as well because it's just so much traveling and it's so far apart especially if you want to cover most of the cities and and, and most of the states it's an enormous uh, undertaking before we kind of we, we we wrap up i do i i, I remiss remiss for me to say i should have said at the beginning i need to thank um, uh, Dan Milano on Hi Ho for, um, for for introducing us. That was I, I, I should have said that at the beginning. I will do it in the in the intro. But I mean, as we wrap up now, what's your thoughts on kind of because now merch is seemingly the the 
it's it's raised on the level of importance for bands now. Ever since the the pandemic and, and things like that, now the you know the recorded music is sometimes maybe not what would the bands get income from. It's from merch and sales and things like that mm-hmm. that they do on the road. And um, what's your thoughts on the kind of the future of, of merch and stuff and and the diversification of it? I suppose and and maybe by extension things like NFTs and things like that and the collectability of, of merch and, and iconography. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, the past maybe 10 years or so, there's been a, a significant increase in the number of companies that can do uh, direct to garment or DTG printing uh, where that's, and that's, and that's companies like Threadless or Redbubble where they they'll print something on demand. Basically they, they have a, they put a shirt on a conveyor belt. It goes through a printer and sort of like, you know, sprays the ink onto the shirt and then it comes out. Now the downside to those, Print uh, print jobs is that it can't re- truly replicate uh, C- the CMYK print process or uh, like a lot of bright colors. So some of the colors might come out a bit muted, um, or you know, even though when you submit the artwork, it might not come out exactly how it looks. However, that's the trade-off for being able to print. Oh, I need a three XL and a medium, you know, T-shirt, and they can just print those off one at a time. Uh, so it's it's a, you know, it's a trade-off between the image quality but being able to print what people need and what people want when they want it. So I think if a, if a band has, uh, they're like, oh, we want to make merch available, but we don't want to have, we don't want to purchase, you know, 2000 t-shirts and have them sitting in a, someone's garage and then have to go to the post office, you know, twice a week to mail them out. If you don't want to deal with that, you can use, you can use these online sites or, you know, a backend like Shopify. So you can set up a, set up a website on your own that connects to, to Shopify or to Printful or wherever. And um, and people and fans can order their own their own merch and you print on anything you print on stickers, coffee mugs, uh, you know, laptop covers, anything you want. Uh, so I think there, it's sort of a new world for merch where uh, people can print, you know, they, they can have their band's logo or their band's graphic on kind of whatever they want. Again, sometimes at the sacrifice of image quality. Um, or if they want to, you know, invest in some good quality stuff, they can go to a local screen printer and have those print it up and that's what you know that's what people used to do you know back in the day so that that's always an option but um yeah and, and as far as like collectability like yeah you can maybe you can make a limited run of some you know cool gold foil stickers or whatever for the band uh and and you can make those available hey we're only we only made you know a thousand of these we're gonna have them at shows x y and z coming up come out and get them so you can use the merch as a way to kind of lure people to live shows as in like this is the only place you're going to be able to get this or hey we did a limited run of these you know four print hoodies come get them uh, so it's, it's, it's an interesting new world kind of, you know, combining the, the ease of printing things like that, um, and making them available for people to order online versus the having the high quality stuff on hand at the shows. So I, I think that's, I think that's the strategy. A lot of, a lot of bands will be util, utilizing in the future. Mm. It's uh, so there will be people listening to, uh, you know, artists and, 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 and kind of creative types and, and, and kind of people who do that, do this type of thing. If you were to give any advice to people who wanted to do logo work and, and, and think of band designs and that type of thing and open themselves up to that world, not necessarily just metal, but everything as well. What would you suggest that they do? How, how should they start off promoting their, their styles? Um. Well, I mean, first I would say, you know, find find the, the artists that you like, whether it's, you know, Instagram or, or wherever. Um, find what you like. Take a look at their logos, you know, deconstructing. Like, how are they doing? Like, how did they do this? How did they figure out? Especially when when symmetry of logos is involved. A lot of bands have, you know, symmetrical logos. Um, and figuring out, like, oh, like, if you have an I next to an L, 
that can be, you know, the same as a B on the other side of, of the logo. You know, I mean, the, you can figure out how it's, how the construction happens. And then once you're comfortable in your own style, um, as far as promotion, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, set up a, set up an account on, you know, social media where, whether it's, you know, YouTube and you're, you know, showing, showing them drawing your own logos or, you know, doing your own illustrations uh, or just, you can just show the finished product, whatever, whatever makes you happy, but kind of look at the, you know, look at the, the tags, the hashtags people are using too. Um, and kind of get a sense. I think when I first started off, I was kind of like just trying some stuff out. And, and then I started looking at what other people are doing. I was like, oh, like, okay, that's a good, you know, that's a, you know, that one makes more sense for me. And, and you can kind of narrow it down. And then you have a set of maybe like the same 10 hashtags that you use. And you can just sort of copy and paste them into each post um, so that keep driving traffic um, to, your, to your sites. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, oh, and, and the other big one, of course, I should mention this even first, interact with the artists that you like, you know, like their work, comment on it. If there's something specifically about the logo that you like or about the illustration, say, oh my God, like, I love the way you did that, you know, the gore dripping off those intestines, like that looks great. Um, you know, because like, you know, people put a lot of attention in, into the work they do. And um, and when you can really kind of interact and, and you know, show you're a fan, that's, you know, that's uh, that's a great way too, because they'll, they'll thank you. And then other other people reading the comments, see your comment, and then they check you out and it's the whole spread. You know, it's all about appeasing the al algorithm at this point. But um, yeah, uh, doing that. And, and then, you know, wear, wear your shirts, um, or if you're doing shirts, wear them around town. Um, the, the, very, the very first shirt I did was for a, um, I was playing in a funk band at work. I, I played bass guitar as well. And I was playing sure. for a funk band at work uh, for a holiday party. So I did, uh, I did the band's logo, the band's name as, as a metal logo. And I had a printed on a shirt. And uh, the first time I wore, I, I had, first time I wore it, I took it to a, a, a video, a, a board game store. And within 30 seconds, some guy <laughs> with, with, a, with another metal shirt comes up and he goes, Hey, what band is that? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, this, this will work. This can work. Um, yeah. So, you know, be your own promoter. Um, you know, I wear, I'm, I'm, I know the podcast world can't see me right now, but I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my new Shrek t-shirt. Uh, yeah. that I designed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you know, be your own promoter, um, you know, talk about it freely. Don't annoy people, but if they ask you about it, you know, feel free to talk about it. Um, interact with other artists and um, yeah, just try to find your, try to find your niche in the, in the art, in the metal design world and kind of, kind of own it. I think that's uh, absolutely superb advice for life in general, you know, the, the communication and, you know, reaching out to people and asking them questions and you'll, you'll find ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done that before, that they'll, the world is a wonderful place and there's people out there that will welcome questions as long as you're not bothering people endlessly. You know, simple questions. How do you do this? Where did you get that? These are things that people are more than happy to, to, to answer, you know, and, and, and that's the, that's how a community begins. And that's how, you know, a scene begins from, from people communicating with each other. I love the, the being your own promoter. I think it's a fabulous way of looking at it, you know, and like you say, you know, wearing your own t-shirts and being happy and proud of the, of the thing that you produce, I think is incredibly important. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I'm pretty sure Ryan won't mind me saying, but this was his first podcast. This was Ryan, you know, and, and, and Ryan's a cool guy. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's a little bit nervous about coming on a show and talking about stuff, but he did. And, and I'm sure he hopefully enjoys it. And I'm sure that people listen to it will get something from this. So if you are, you know, wondering if you should do this, I 100% think you shouldn't reach out to these people in this community and, and start producing your own artwork. There's, it's never been a better time to be involved in. There's so many avenues and so many ways of put your art out there now. 
it's a superb time for an artist, absolutely superb time. And don't be put off by the fact that there's lots of people doing it. It doesn't matter. If yours is good, it will it will come across. It's as simple as that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get Ryan back on the show, I'm sure, uh, almost, almost certainly, just to catch up and see how things are going with him. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, thanks again uh, to Ryan from Brutal Branding. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. Coop, thanks for having me, man. This has been uh, this has been fantastic. And like you said, this is my first podcast. Um, I think I did okay. Um, uh, any any Perfect. any comments or suggestions from people? Please let me know. <laughs> uh, send me a message. How can I improve uh, cough drops? Anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> what a guy! Thanks again, Ryan. That was Ryan from from Brutal Branding. That was Ryan Sawyer there from Brutal Branding. I'll put links so you can check out his artwork, which is absolutely superb for yourself. Uh, give him a follow and see what he's doing. He's doing some fantastic work there. And uh, like he was saying, you know, he's open to commissions as well, which is which is superb. Again, a shout-out to Dan Milano for helping set that up. Fire hi-ho. I really appreciate that, Dan. Thank you very much. And uh, once again, thank you to everybody that sends messages to the show. I know that some people now, this is listening or required listening, if you will, uh, before you and after you go traveling from shows which is just makes me so happy to think that that that's it because i listen to podcasts when i was on tour and listen to, to things like this uh as well so it's it's purely uh amazing to me that um that the people listen to this now pre and post show which is which is excellent perfect absolutely perfect once again thank you for listening to the show and i will see you at the show <laughs>